Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we pick up in Mark chapter 9 with verses 14 through 29. Right after the transfiguration of Jesus, which was witnessed by three of his disciples, he returns to the rest of them to encounter another crisis. There's a huge crowd already gathered, an argument going on with the hypocritical scribes and a demon-possessed young man. And when they saw him coming, they flocked to him to see what he would do. Have you ever had a day like that? Right after experiencing a spiritual high, the world throws every problem at you that it seems like it can muster. How does your faith hold up in crisis? Is it strong? Is it weak? Do you often wish you had more? Do you ever wonder if God is able to do something like the father of this boy did when he asked Jesus, if you can do something, will you? And Jesus keyed in on that word, if. If I can, don't you understand who I am? What does that say about your faith? Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, I Do Believe, Help My Unbelief. Based on the description that we have in our text of what this demon did to the boy, it's probably both demonic and the result of brain damage from the things that the demon did to him. Luke 9, in Luke's uh, version of this, he uses a verb that speaks of the father describing the demon as mauling his son. A word that can mean to crush, to shatter, or to, or to break in pieces. The boy probably had multiple concussions without ever taking one single snap in the NFL. So it's appropriate both to mention his need for a demon to be cast out and to describe that he needs to be healed. It's appropriate to say he has a spirit. It's appropriate to say he is regarded as a lunatic. It was both severe uh, physical trauma and a severe spiritual condition. So the disciples had cast out demons many times when they went on their preaching tour. But this time, they failed. And in their failure is embedded the seed of the essential lesson that Jesus wants to teach. It's a lesson about faith. Apparently, the disciples had come to think that, you know, Jesus gave us this power, so we got this. We can cast out demons, but they couldn't. You see, that power belongs only to the Lord for a very brief period of time. On just a few occasions, Jesus granted to the apostles the ability to identify and cast out demons like He did. Perhaps they were just jumping right in and rebuking the demon. Father told them what they needed and they said, we got this demon, get out of here, go home didn't work. Simply put, they couldn't do it. They were apparently 
trusting in their own abilities. They were failing to realize that all such spiritual authority belongs to God and it's granted to people only as a a special gift by His grace. So just imagine how this father felt. He heard Jesus was nearby. He got his hopes up. At, At great sacrifice, he brings his son to find Jesus, and he doesn't find Jesus. Oh, but he found, his, he found his apostles. His hopes are sky high. They can't fix it. And now there's a bunch of scribes jumping in and, and, and arguing with them and turning all the attention away from his son, and his despair must have reached a new low when even the disciples couldn't cure his son. So that's the immediate situation here. The nine apostles couldn't do it. They couldn't cast out this demon. That's a bad situation to be in. But in the bigger picture, Jesus has it all under control. And He is working on training them how they're going to have to do it when they minister when He isn't physically with them. In a sense, you could say they had lived by sight for two and a half years. They'd seen Jesus. They'd been with Him all the time. They'd they'd virtually never been out of His immediate presence. And now they're going to need to learn how to live by faith instead of by sight and minister without Him present. So, number one, they couldn't do it. Number two, the words of Jesus, bring Him to me. And right away, we see that this is a lesson about faith. And we see that from what Jesus says next. Chapter 9, verse 19. And He answered at them and said, O unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring Him to me. Jesus was not pleased with His men. He's rebuking them. Oh, unbelieving generation. He didn't have to put O in there unless there's great emotion. And it's aimed at the disciples. And it it reveals that the cause of their inability to cast out this demon was their failure to believe. Their faith wasn't up to the the task. This is among the strongest and harshest words that Jesus ever spoke to them. After all the time you've been with me, you can't do this? How long shall I put up with you? How long shall I have to be with you to get through to you? This is Holy exasperation, one person called it. I like that. It's like when he said to them, you of little faith. Now, as soon as they brought the boy to Jesus, he said, bring him to me. As soon as he did, he did. The demon went into action with its finest cruelty. Verse 20, they brought the boy to him. When he saw him, and the he refers there to the spirit, When he saw him, immediately the spirit 
threw him into a convulsion. And falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. Now, while that's going on, and I'm sure everybody there is <gasps> staring at this boy and their hearts are just ripped out of them. What can we do? What can we do? Well, Jesus calmly asks the father a question. Now, again, he doesn't ask the question because he lacks data. He's asking the question in order to make a connection with the father. He, he wants to draw out from the father the expression of the pain that, that fills his heart. He wasn't just coming to this vending machine of exorcism named Jesus. He's got to deal with a man. And Jesus is going to connect to him man to man, person to person. And what the Father says makes it all the more painful for us to observe. Verses 21 and 22. And he asked the Father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. Now that tells you, even though we don't know exactly how old he was, he, he was not a, a little baby. He refers to childhood in the past tense, so I don't know what, 8, 9, 10, 12 years old, maybe even, a, maybe even a teenager, maybe even a young adult. He said, from childhood, it has often thrown him, I get a load of this, both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Oh, what pain! What desperation! What, what yearning for relief that this father had, thinking he has at last come to where his son's going to be delivered and cured, and then he's been just disappointed by the twelve. I, I can hear the man's heartache. I think he put it something like this. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Your men couldn't do anything at all. Can, can you just make it less severe? Could it just be once a week instead of once a day? Have pity on us. Help us. Now you've got to realize that picture that's being painted here of the, the cruelty of this demon. Throwing him into the fire? Throwing him into the water? How many times had his mom or dad had to rescue him from him being shoved toward the oven or toward the, or toward the open fire or, or pushed to the edge of the, uh, of the well or the, or the riverside or whatever it is? You've got to realize that God had spared this boy's life just to get to this day, just for this encounter. So it could be recorded in the Scriptures, and we could learn what the apostles learned. It should remind you of, the, of that man over in John chapter 9. Remember the man that was born blind? Now he's an adult, and um, the disciples asked, well, why was he born blind? Was it his sin or was it his parents? And he said, no, 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 no. That's, that's really bad thinking. That was some of the awful theology of the Pharisees gone to seed. Actually, he said, this man's blindness is for the glory of God. That doesn't make it a good thing, 
but it's for the glory of God. This little boy got to this day for the glory of God. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.